0: What's up, family? What's up, tribe? What's up, beautiful people? This is Tara Lynn, the host of The Humble, a podcast where we talk about mindfulness, meditation, all things self care related, with the intention of hearing narratives of those around us and just becoming our best, authentic selves. Thank you for rocking with me. Let's jump on in. Let's go. <laughs> Just being planted where I am, embracing all that I am. I let go of everything that has caused me to be afraid, living in fear. I'm ready now. embrace everything that is, and let go of everything that is not, of me. I hope you can too. You coming? What is up, what is up? up jumping into the first podcast i know that little intro said i am letting go of all fear but i ain't gonna lie to y'all i'm kind of scared right now Hmm? this is the first episode but i'm embracing it and i'm excited i'm scared but i know that there's purpose in being afraid i know that there's a stretch that's happening, and I'm excited about it. This is definitely out of my comfort zone. I like to talk sometimes, so I guess that's a plus, but doing it for the masses so that everyone can hear it is something different outside of teaching and doing presentations. But nonetheless, we're here, and I'm excited. Thank you for being present with me And for this first episode, I want to talk about finding peace in the journey. I just said that I'm kind of fearful of this journey, but there's beauty in the midst of it. So I'm just embracing all that is to come in addition to the things that have made me, me. And in doing so, I feel the need to be authentic with who I am and how peace shows up for me now what has that looked like and structuring that. So the best way to express this is giving a little bit of backstory of what made me get to the point of trying to be conscious, conscious of uh, what self-care is and what peace is. I almost choked on getting excited a little bit. So rock with me. The navigation of my PhD, I, or my um, doctorate in counseling, I, I, Kind of did the unknown, embarked on new terrain, new territory without even thinking twice about it, honestly. Um, I remember being at my full-time job as a vocational rehabilitation counselor and telling my parents, hey, I think I'm going to go back to school now and work on getting my doctorate. And my dad was like, okay. Okay that's cool. I think that that's awesome. But wait a second. Are you going to be working while you're in school for three years getting your doctorate? And I was like, no, I'm not going to have any money. And he was like, what, what are you talking about? What are you thinking about? And I was like, I don't know. I don't know what this looked like, but I trust God. It's a, it's a um, gut feeling that I have. And I think that everything is going to be okay. So, What I did not know and what I did not prepare for was the fact that that PhD journey was going to be the catalyst of me becoming who I am and learning more about myself. I thought that I knew exactly who I was when I was in Northern Virginia working as a vocational rehabilitation counselor. Come to find out when that season shifted, I had no clue who the heck I was. And here I was a young girl from the, from the country, Ronald Rapids, 252, you know, and I was like, oh my God, I do not belong here. When I got in my first semester of my program, I remember going to one of my professors and saying, hey, I think I'm going to drop out because I don't belong here. I do not feel at home here. Um, And it wasn't because of the atmosphere. I loved the school. I loved the family dynamic that was at the institution and within my program, but internally I was navigating some feelings that I had never felt before and it was unfamiliar and she asked me she said um have you ever heard of imposter phenomenon and I was like no can you tell me what that is and she was like no but you can research it and little did I know that that nudge that gentle nudge to go and do the homework of finding out what imposter phenomenon was it answered so many questions for me and it helped me navigate the remaining, um, time that I had in that program. That was in my first semester. I still had five more to go, you know? And, uh, that was the, the thing that prompted this desire to get to know who I am more. And in that, I can honestly say, I mean, I'm a tourist, so, you know, we kind of bullheaded, and I can become very, very, very stubborn. And in the midst of navigating school, I, you know, I was an adult. I was like, you know, I'm kind of embarrassed I can't pay for this living situation right now because I have to try and get a assistantship or I don't know what the heck is going on. And I was a little too prideful to ask for support from my parents. And that's almost embarrassing to say, because I know that, um, they would have provided as much support as they could. There were some times where I just had to say, Hey, I need help. And that was so unfamiliar for me. It was so uncomfortable. And, um, My brother, one of my brothers, still fests at me to this day that I did not let him know when I needed support. And I love you and thank you for your willingness to always step in. And that's to all of my siblings. But as I navigated, I realized that um, there were some days where I was like, all right, how am I going to eat today? How am I going to pay for my rent? How am I going to pay for my car note? All of these things remind you. My parents were right there to provide support if I needed it. My siblings were right there to to provide support if I needed it. But I was like, I want to figure out what this looked like for myself. And I've had so many times in this journey or that journey with my Ph.D. program where I would just come home from classes and I would just sit in a dark room and I would just cry listening to worship music um, and then all of a sudden I just be face planting into the floor, just crying and worshiping. And my dog would come over there and be like, Hey, what's going on? And start started licking my face and trying to wipe the tears away. And I'm like, get away. I'm worshiping right now. And then I got connected with, um, a church and started, uh, being on a worship team. And I remember people asking me why I worship the way. I did, And at that time, that was the only thing that I had to give back. I did not have financial resources. So what I could give was my time and my heart. That was the thing that kept me rooted to the foundation of um, my faith while going through the turbulence <laughs> or the adventures of getting my degree. So fast forward when school concluded, Um, or when it was about to. Well, let me back up a little bit. I remember being in the phase of doing my dissertation and my dissertation chair asked me, she was like, what is the holdup? Why are you taking so long to go ahead and get started? And I never realized that I was stalling on the process. It's something that a lot of the professors used to tell the students when we were in the thick of the program was, all right, you all better learn some self-care. You better learn how to reset and take time for yourselves. And my peers and I, we were like, what the heck is self-care? You know, what does that look like? Everyone is so willing to throw out this term. But what does that look like? I I was interested in knowing what that would look like for me. So I pretty much had no choice but to try to figure this thing out. And when my chair asked me, what is making you not get this ball rolling? What is what is stalling you? I remember going um, because I was like, man, surely I got some. You know, adult ADHD because my attention span is is I don't know, but um, and I have so many interests. My mind is just like a ping pong ball or whatnot. But I found out that I had some anxiety in terms of starting my dissertation process and getting the ball rolling with writing. So in the midst of that. I would become very anxious with having to write or thinking about, all right, well, what are the moving parts of this process? And it would kind of stump me a little bit. I would try to find things to kind of take the place of writing um, until I got a job offer. And they were like, all right, well, you have an option of coming to us with your dissertation completed and Becoming an assistant professor, or if your dissertation is not complete by the time you start working for us, you can become an instructor. And I was like, Oh no, I want to. And no shade to anyone who's going that route, but for me, I wanted to go ahead and conclude school. So I had to press forward. And that was um, a, a very Interest in time as well, because then COVID hit and the plans that I had in terms of conducting my research, I wanted to do photo voice. So I wanted to give cameras to my participants and have them tell their narratives. If you have not realized, I am very big on hearing people's narratives. I think that um, I believe in a social constructivist paradigm. So I'm learning from the individuals just like they're learning from me because our worldviews are completely different. Um, And I think that that's a beautiful uh, intertwining of knowledge that can happen. And when I was trying to conduct my research, like I said, COVID hit, I had to move from my apartment because my lease was ending. So I moved back to where my parents live and live with them for a little while. And I was like, what the heck is happening? I don't know what it looks like to Finished school, I remember that same professor that introduced me to imposter phenomenon. I asked her, I said, um, "You know, what route can I go with this research? Because I'm really about to say I'm done with this. I'm about to tap out. It was my last term, um, and I was about to tap out of finishing this." dissertation and I remember spending time with my parents and I really think they were my sanity in the midst of this journey at the end Um, and throughout but at the end I just felt myself just it was it was it was interesting man I've never been a person who struggled with depression I don't think I dealt with depression but I felt so overwhelmed and i felt like everything had uh it it just defeated me and i remember telling my mom i remember crying to her and saying i don't think i'm going to be able to do this i don't think i'm going to be able to make it i had sent out 50 packets for people to participate in my research and due to covid no one had responded yet i received a call one day from someone at A&T and they said, hey, I think your packets are here. You might have some participants. So I was like, oh, my God. So I drove to Greensboro to get my packets, only to realize that all of those packets were undeliverable packets. My mom told me, I think you should go buy your P.O. box. And I was like, I'm not going by there. It's, I think that would be a waste of gas. It would be a waste of time. I'm pretty sure I'm not going to have anything in there. And she was like, no, I think you should just go check. It's not going to hurt anything. Just check it out. And I'm reminded of a conversation that that same professor and I had where she was like, I have a feeling by Tuesday you're going to hear something from someone. There's going to be something. And I was like, I don't know. We'll see. So I listened to my mom and I went by my P.O. box And lo and behold, I had one participant that was on board for my research. And that one packet lit up my life. And I cried all the way back home. And um, that's about three hours from Greensboro. So I cried all the way home. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is really about to happen. And it wasn't that I didn't have faith that it wasn't going to happen. It was just. It, I could start, I could see the promises of God just coming into form. Um, and I made it through that process, but then I was pushed into an isolation season. And that isolation season became something I navigated for two years where I received my job, finished my My studies concluded my dissertation and, you know, um, defended my dissertation successfully. But then I moved from North Carolina to Jersey. And although I have loved ones very clear, I mean, very close to me. Um, in location, it was still a space where COVID was running rampant and we could not spend time together. The way my structure at my institution was set up was that if I had visited home or if I had gone out of the state, I would have to quarantine for two weeks prior to going to campus and school was about to start. So I went from possibly the summer until Christmas or Um, Thanksgiving not seeing my family I'm a very family oriented individual have to see my family or speak to them or have some closeness um, with them because they recharge me but even in that I felt like I was no longer who I was before I made it to Jersey it was a trial and error of learning myself and in that trial and error of learning myself, I had to learn how to show myself grace in the process. So that's a statement that I started telling my students, hey, learn how to show yourself grace, man. Stop being so, stop being so hard on yourself. Show yourself grace. You give grace to your clients. Are you not worth as much grace that you extend to others? You know, um, do you not deserve that yourself? And I had to, kind of swallow those words myself because I believe wholeheartedly that I cannot be a hypocrite as a professor and as a counselor. So in the midst of that, I had a trial and error period. Um I did not know what my faith or my trust in God looked like at that point because it was tough, man. I ain't even gonna lie to y'all. It was, it was tough trying to navigate COVID in isolation but in the midst of that it was the most beautiful thing Um, I'm a very optimistic person I think the most beautiful perspective that I have of that is that I learned to experience God in a multitude of ways that I never experienced him before and the grace and mercy that he gave me or he gives me continually I had to learn how to go inward and find that for myself something that I made an effort in doing is trying to figure out what meditation and mindfulness looked like for me because what was working for me when prior to COVID or prior to getting back in school It wasn't working for me anymore. I used to journal heavily and had, you know, stacks of journals where I wrote in them, sketched in them, put some washi tape on them and just lived my best life all through that journal. But that didn't work for me anymore. So. I found myself. Feeling restrained in a sense, it was. Almost like my creative expression was—I don't know—it was—it was compressed in a sense. Um, because while I was in school, I no longer made music. I no longer journaled. I no longer um, wrote for my leisure. You know. I no longer read books. I no longer, unless it was academic, of course, I no longer uh, went to the movies. I no longer, there were so many things that I used to do before school that I no longer um, had time to do. And after I had all of this time in the midst of COVID and in my isolation season, I was like, oh, my God, how do I pick up doing this again? Messing with music felt foreign. Writing in my journal was foreign. Sketching pictures was foreign. Everything just felt so... It wasn't normal for me anymore. But I had to push through the discomfort and do a trial and error period of learning who I was again. Um, I was connected with someone from a mutual friend where we talked heavily about meditation and what that looked like and how to implement it and kind of unlearned my perspective of what that meant for me. I always would say, I don't feel comfortable praying aloud because people are going to judge me. You know, I could do it by myself. But the reality of it is I had a journal where I would just write out all of my prayers and What I had to realize is on Monday, I might be walking around my house, my apartment, and just be praying while my dog is just living his best life, jumping on the bed, jumping on the floor, running downstairs, jumping on the couch, all of this. And it was okay. Tuesday could look different where I go to the beach and I'm reading a book. Wednesday could look different where I'm going and looking for murals to take pictures of and immerse myself in creative expression and looking at art. Thursday could be coming home and just indulging in music. Friday could be doing absolutely nothing, just chilling on the floor, watching TV, uh, and playing with the color settings on my lights because I have color changing lights, mood lights, and that's refreshing for me. Saturday might be a day where I go off the grid and kind of recharge myself. I'm an ambivert. So I enjoy being extrovert, but I also enjoy my time of being by myself and being an introvert. So what is that thing that recharges me? And then Sunday is my preparation day where I get ready for Monday and the week to come. And, I had to realize that each day looks different. There's no linear process to finding peace in your journey. There's no linear process in or linear view in terms of what mindfulness and meditation and, and self-care looks like. Now, there are some people, and I'm not knocking you, where they can exercise every single day. And that's their mindfulness. That's their meditation. They can pray every single day. Um, allowed and spend their devotional time and you know listening to sermons and all of that you do what fuels you and recharges your heart and your soul but that does not work for me I need a variety of things okay and it just comes from me knowing what suits me what feeds my soul and um, my big thing is Whatever activity I'm doing, I want to be able to feel God in that space because it's a spiritual thing for me too. meditation, uh, mindfulness, self-care. All of that is spiritual for me. So what's refueling me? What's recharging me? And knowing that every encounter is ever evolving. We as people, we're always evolving. What's working for you in this season, in this summer season, may not work for you. When fall comes. And everybody know that when winter come that self care look a little different because everybody I mean that's when we get the summer bodies coming out trying to play in the sun, in the spring. Hmm? I mean, I'm I'm guilty for it too. But what is it? People tend to say that winter is cuddle season whatever. That means for you, you do your thing. But it's just Being conscious and being aware, being honest of what that looks like for you in whatever season you're embarking on, whatever season you're embracing. For me, finding my peace looks different every day. It looks different every season. It has looked different every year because I've been pushed into a space where I have to be okay with it being different. And in knowing that those moments are ever evolving, How am I showing up for myself? How am I being intentional with my peace? What is settling my spirit? What is settling my soul? Um, Something that has become near and dear to me lately is being intentional with affirmations, being intentional with those um, because what you hear and what you declare of yourself is heavy. Like that has the capacity to shift your whole perspective you know so what does that look like to have that as a daily practice how do you show up for yourself something that I've had to become aware of is that each day's mercy and space of meditation and mindfulness like I stated looks different for me and I look forward to each day identifying what it looks like. What's going to be the thing that's different from the day that was, you know, yesterday, two days ago. Something as simple as going to a coffee house for me. That is the most refreshing thing. It's just revitalizing for me. So, what about you? That was a brief overview of how I'm finding peace and what my journey to peace has looked like. But I'm curious, what about you? What does it look like for you? How are you committing yourself to finding peace in your journey? How are you being honest with yourself when you're finding peace in this journey? How are you showing up for yourself? I want to hear what it looks like. Remember this isn't even it's changed. I'm learning from you. You're learning from me. But I can't learn from you. If you're not connecting with me. Okay. So go to www.affirmthevibe.com There's a tab on the website. Called the humble podcast. On that page. You can give me suggestions. And what you would like for the topic to be, but you can also give me insight in what you are utilizing in your journey to finding peace. Remember, I stated that narratives matter. Okay, we are collective, we are community, we can't live life in isolation, we can't do this thing, this journey of life alone. So let's hear from our family, let's hear from our tribe. Right, Um, I feel good I feel good man I feel good just talking about what peace looks like for me because three years ago I had absolutely no clue what the heck was happening in my life I just knew I was alone for the journey but in the midst of the most complicated journey I think I have ever had to embark on. I found so much beauty in it, and I have loved every step of it. And I'm committed to getting better in each season and honing in on what my version of being better is and defining it for myself. Based on my standards and not anyone else's. I'm excited. And. I'm just excited. Thank you all for vibing with me. Again, go to www.affirmthevibe.com. You can follow me on Instagram at the Affirmed Collective, and or at hey battle. I look forward to more conversations. I look forward to having some of you on the podcast so that I can hear your narrative of peace and mindfulness and meditation and what that looks like for you and how you're making it a daily staple in your life. Stay amazing, stay beautiful, stay blessed, and I pray that each and every one of you know just how amazing and how awesome you are. Don't ever forget that. And if you ever forget that, I'm here to remind you that you're freaking amazing and you're awesome. Stay blessed, stay beautiful, be amazing.